G'day you mob and welcome to the very first episode of The Goss. Guys, this is something that I have decided to put together with my father, Ian Smithson, where we'll be discussing each week's news and current affairs from down under in Australia. So, the whole point of this series will be to educate you guys about what's happening currently in Australia and also help you discuss these things with other people in English, right? You can listen to these episodes, you can learn the vocab, you can improve your comprehension of these issues and develop your own opinions. So, today I sit down with my dad and we have a good old chinwag about the bushfire crisis in Australia that's happening at the moment. That seemed like the best story to do for the very start of the Goss series. Anyway, guys, I know you're going to love this episode, so sit back, relax, grab yourselves a cuppa, get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, and let's get into it. So, Dad, g'day. Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. G'day, Pete. Good to be back. It's good to have you here. Yeah. Well, yes, given the weather outside. I know. So, get your drinks open. I guess, I don't know if you're going to have that kombucha or not. But oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, this is going to be the first episode. Sound effects. Nothing else. The first episode, I guess, of something like uh, Chin Wags with Dad. I don't know what we'll call it. Uh, I'm sure we can come up with a worse name than that. <laughs> but um, the the basic idea- Ooh, this one's good. Hang on. What have we got here? It's surprising me. The kombucha. Yeah. Apple, pear, and ginger. Yeah, it's not bad. Cool. Especially with um, no sugar, so it's nice and dry. Yeah. <laughs> so, today, the whole point was talking about- Well, I guess the, the whole point of these episodes was to be to talk about current affairs, things going on in Australia, because you're a fountain of knowledge. Ha! And um, <laughs> very hard to stop talking as well. Well, what I don't know, I just make up. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. I'll leave it to your listeners to work out what's the truth. <laughs> they can Google it afterwards. But I thought it would be a good excuse to, one, have another speaker on the podcast- and um, obviously have banter about things going on in Australia. This week, we were going to try and come up with a few stories, but there doesn't really seem to be much else There's on the There's one news. story at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so, I guess um, we're going to be talking about the bushfire crisis in um, Australia at the moment. So, I guess to give a bit of background to people, it started in what? Um, I've got some notes here. September last year. Yeah. About the end yeah. of spring, right? Yeah, September um, in southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales. And yeah. it's just really- Followed its way south as the uh, the summer has kicked in. Uh, it's uh, certainly the earliest that I can remember. Uh, there will always be debates, and depending on which side of the political fence you sit, whether they're defending themselves or the opposition attacking the government, uh, the words "worst" and <laughs> "hottest" and so on will will keep coming out. But certainly, in my sixty years of uh, of living in Australia, I can't remember a bushfire season starting. In the middle of spring, and yeah. you lived, you've lived through obviously quite a few of these, like um, four or five major bushfire seasons, not just but single bad fires, which happen every year, but seasons where we have you know, millions of hectares that are being burnt out, yeah, and people losing lives, and significant loss of property and wildlife and livestock and so on. So some of these include Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Which was before I was born. I yeah, think. it well, it was. The Ash Wednesday was actually on our honeymoon. Your mum and I okay. were on our honeymoon. and So, I might have been I, on the way. No, you weren't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're a few years after that. But, yeah. 
Um, yeah, true, and, true. and look, we can talk about that if you sort of you know, mental note to uh, talk about that because there's some interesting stories, just the human interest type stories that have come out that come out of mm. that and our experience of that. Because I remember growing up always hearing about Ash Wednesday. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't there, but that that was like you know a big thing with uh, what were the stats from Ash Wednesday? Like a few uh, dozens I, of people who died. Yeah, dozens of people died. Hundreds of houses. Yeah, hundreds of houses. And and again, it's the scale. Um, yeah, obviously the personal tragedies. You know, you can't. Yeah, one person dies; it's a tragedy. Yeah. Um, but and the loss of you know, livestock, property, houses, and so on is is always tragic. But I think when it starts to be across multiple states, yeah. You know, Ash Wednesday was South Australia and Victoria. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and so you have multiple fire fronts that are just creating this sort of huge balls of smoke that last for weeks. Yeah. Um, then and it's the same now. Uh, we had similar in 2009. Uh, so that was Black that was, Saturday, that right? That was Black Saturday. Uh, and that was the hottest I have ever remembered. Uh, you know, we had the hottest temperature in the world that day in Melbourne. Mm. It was 52 degrees in the southwest suburbs of Melbourne. And uh, that's just unheard of. And it was 1% humidity. Uh, so, and and that's the problem that we have with bushfires. Obviously, every every year in summer there are going to be fires because it gets hot and dry. Uh, but when you have those extreme temperatures, extreme dryness over a long period of time, it just means that you've got a huge amount of fuel, and all it requires is one spark. Whether it's accidentally lit, deliberately lit, whether uh, whether it's come out of um, you know summer storms, you know dry dry lightning as they call it, is a huge cause of bushfires. Yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, so, one of the biggest causes idi- idiots people lighting fires either accidentally or deliberately, but yeah, and malfunction with uh, technology, right? Especially yeah. the electrical grid and yeah, yeah. And there's been a few cases of that happening. So, so what? How has it changed from when you were growing up? So you remember there obviously being a bushfire season, and mm. every year, you know, there were always bushfires. There's always bushfires, and then every decade or so, there's a sort of a major conflagration like we have at the moment. But this one is, I think, is the it's really the earliest because typically. Our bushfire season was late January through to March, yeah. know, the end of summer. Because the summer would uh, have dried dry, everything out, right? Um, whereas we've had uh, probably two and a half decades of cyclical drought in southeastern Australia. Uh, not every location has been in drought for 25 years, but you remember what we were like 10 years ago in southern Victoria. We were in drought for 10 years. Well, that was when we had water restrictions. Yeah, huge I remember water restrictions. not being allowed to wash your car on certain couldn't days or times. Eventually, uh, where we were living, you couldn't wash your cars at all. You couldn't wash houses. You couldn't water the garden. Yep. Unless you had tank or bore water, you couldn't use mains water for anything other than just normal household usage or commercial usage if you were in a business. Business. Um, yeah, so those sort of things have happened, but when the drought broke where we are, um, it really just moved north. And so, you know, New South Wales and southern Queensland and parts of South Australia have been in drought for the last 10 years. And we're talking about in some places where it has not rained for 10 years. Not there has been, you know, typically the definition, the usual working definition of a drought is that um, less than the annual rainfall. Um, on average annual rainfall, and if you have that in multiple years, it's considered to be a drought. Um, but we're talking about no rain, uh, not just a less rain. So, so uh, I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to be thinking, why does that happen here in Australia? Why are there these places where it doesn't rain for so long? Yeah, well, we're yeah, we're talking about places that in a 
human time frame, as in you know, since um, Indigenous Australians have been here, so we're talking 50,000 plus years, uh, those areas have, have transitioned from being grasslands through to desert. Um, and that desert is expanding as as our climate has changed. Over the last 20 or 30 years, though, with these significant droughts, we're talking about farmland um, that has traditionally been in, you know, getting rainfall every year, and you can grow crops and, and so on. Um, sometimes they're in irrigation areas, sometimes they're not, but now we're getting those places in areas where there's just no rain. And uh, those places are you know, not in real danger of fire because there's nothing to burn. Yep. Uh, but what that means in places where there are forests, and traditionally forests require a fair amount of rainfall, but if you've got a place where it hasn't rained for months over winter, which would typically be our winter spring would typically be our wettest months in those areas, uh, you've got places where it hasn't rained for months and then it starts to get hot, uh, all of the undergrowth is either dead or dry. Mm. And so all you need is a spark and it goes. And uh, eucalypt forest, which is most of our forests, uh, eucalypt forests, because of the uh, oil in eucalyptus leaves, um, explode. <laughs> into flames. Yeah. Uh, and that's an adaptation, right? So that they burn it is. quicker. They burn quicker. So that the hotter, plants don't die the themselves. The plants don't die themselves. Usually. Usually. Yeah. Uh, but when you're getting, uh, we're getting temperatures in these fires because of the amount of uh, material that is burning in them that is just beyond that capacity. Well, some of the so. insane stuff to jump into the human um, human stories of mm. this was that I've seen on, on the news, uh, say cars that had aluminium engines or parts of the engine that were aluminium or the uh, wheels, the yeah. hubs on the cars, yeah. aluminium, and aluminium, just yeah. melted onto the ground yeah. everywhere, yeah. running down the hill, looks yeah. like uh, mercury or something. Yeah, so if you're, you're getting temperatures over a 1,000 degrees Celsius yeah. in these fires yeah. um, and they're burning for so long in places because there's enough fuel for them to burn. It's not yeah. like they just blast through and they're gone in seconds or minutes they're burning for hours um and so that yeah it's ridiculous the the damage that has been done well and there was another story of someone i think out in east gippsland who had a kiln they made pottery and they'd mm. left the pottery outside of the kiln in order to before it had been um what's the word fired fired yeah it's been dried <laughs> and then yeah. it was naturally fired by the bushfire so when they came back the pottery that They've was just clay wet clay prior ceramic to pottery was yeah. ceramic because of the heat yeah, I know, yeah, I know, just it's insane. crazy. Yeah. So, some of the stats, I guess, we've lost 16 million acres, which is 70, uh, sorry, almost 65,000 square kilometres, Yeah, right? Which yeah. is sort of the, the equivalent of the so southern portion of Great Britain, right? Two-thirds of England. Yeah. Yeah. So, to put that in context, almost yeah. the size of Belgium, I think someone was saying. Yeah. It was, it was massive, mm -hmm. right? You know, it's the equivalent of... And I remember them talking about... Um, it's as big as about a third of the states in the United States, the yeah. smaller states. Yeah. As big as or bigger than any of those individually. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And when we were worried about the Amazon burning, that was, I think now, it's probably about a tenth yeah. of what Australia's lost, yeah. what was going on with the Amazon. So, we've had probably half a billion animals... Well, likely- And that's um, vertebrates. Vertebrates, yeah. yeah not exactly. Not insects, not, not plants. Not insects, plants, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Two and a half thousand buildings, including 1,300 houses. 25 people have died. Six people are still missing in Victoria. 
And then we have the obviously the smoke and air quality issues. We've got smoke reaching New, New Zealand. Yeah, across yeah. Um, two thousand kilometres of sea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look, we have um, yeah where we are, we're hundreds of kilometres from the major fires in South Australia and eastern Victoria. Yeah. But yeah, look out your window at the moment. We've got a visibility of probably four hundred metres. Yeah. Um, so that was what surprised me. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. But then when I obviously realised that Kangaroo Island and some other places in South Australia are up in flames as of, you know, a week or so ago. That yeah, smoke's that potentially smoke arrived come, Because our, typically our weather comes from the west. Yeah. And so that air mass will move over from the west. Yeah. Uh, but then we get daily on a whichever the direction the wind is going, yeah. uh, that will come in as well. And at the moment, it's very still. So I think it's that air mass coming in from South Australia. Yeah, it was very funny waking up this morning and Kel's like, can you smell all the smoke? And I'm like, I can't inside. And then yeah, as soon as I went outside and, and I was like, wow, it smells yeah. like someone's got a, you know, they're burning a fire in their backyard it or does. something. Yeah. So Sydney's been covered in haze for weeks as well. And Canberra. And Canberra now. I, I looked this up this morning. So the normal air quality index, however they measure that, is uh, numerically that safe is 66 yeah. um 200 is hazardous and canberra has peaked at 7700 yeah. and is worse than delhi in india lahore in pakistan <laughs> and shenyang in china yeah. isn't that just crazy yeah, it is <laughs> so you know what's that 66 times or no 33 times worse than mm. than is safe and um chris moy chair of the australian medical association's ethics and medico legal committee has said that there are already people probably dying from smoke inhalation, those who are already yeah. at the end of lung and capacity that, is- issues. Yeah, and that, that's probably a good sort of prompt to talk about what people can do um, in these circumstances. In terms of smoke? Uh, in, well, in terms of, you know, how do you cope with bushfires? Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, if you're just your average person living in a city like Canberra, you know, it's a middle-sized city. It's what, nearly 300,000 people. Yeah, it's bigger than uh, Geelong, so about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not expecting to be directly affected by fire. Yes, there have been fires in Canberra because Canberra has got a lot of bushland and stuff around it. But if you're living in a suburban area, you don't expect to be directly affected. But all of a sudden, you're you're living with air quality that people can die from. And so you need to take the appropriate precautions for that. And that's typically not in somebody's fire plan. Um, because you're not, you don't have a fire plan if you live in suburbia, typically. Um, well, that's us here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, do, we're we never have... going to suffer directly from a bushfire here. Yeah, there's know. no bush. There's no bush. Or <laughs> the bush is, we've had fires in the, you know, the last remnant of bush you know, on the Bellarine Peninsula, which is two kilometres from us. Yeah. But all you saw was a bit of smoke in the air because it's not significant in size. Um, but we can be affected from, by fires hundreds of kilometres away by air quality. So that's a matter of, of, knowing your own medical conditions that are likely to be affected, typically people with respiratory disease, mm. asthma being the most problem problematic one because asthma is typically triggered by a whole lot of things, but particulates in the air are one of those common ones. Well, we had that um, a few, maybe a year or two ago, where we had massive dust storms, right, yeah. that were coming uh, eastwards towards the larger cities. And there were some tragic stories of, say, I remember a young girl of 16 years old dying on her front yard because she had an asthma attack from the dust yeah, in the air. Yeah, and that one was exacerbated as well by dry lightning. Yeah. Uh, because lightning affects the, uh, and I'm not an astrophysicist here, but um, but lightning um, and thunder, obviously thunder is what we hear, uh, mm-hmm. lightning is the actual event, um, 
it affects the quality of the air by doing something to the particulates as well. I think it, you know, it electrifies them and they clump together so the particulates get larger. And oh, so, really? Yeah, and that's something that, you know, I'm asthmatic, but I'd never heard of it. I'm 62 years old. So it's like static electricity, it's, right? Yeah, Making it is. things attracted and, to one yeah, another. Yeah, so that, you they, the problems that you have in the atmosphere get worse. So mm. all of a sudden now that's something, we're getting warnings for asthmatics that come out saying, look, there is thunderstorm activity. And if that thunderstorm activity is coincident with... Uh, already having smoke or smog in the air, then it is likely to um, to affect people. It's, uh, very, it's very bizarre, though, isn't it? Because it's kind of like the, the smoke isn't something most people plan for, as you say. And it's almost like I know you with your parents, both of your parents were heavy smokers. And as a result, yeah. you never yeah. smoked, but you suffered from asthma. Yeah, likely, exactly. Likely. At least it was exacerbated yeah. by that. And everyone knows secondhand smoke is a big deal, right? Mm. You wouldn't smoke inside a car with the windows shut with your kids in the back, at least yeah. most people. But that's almost what's happening here with bushfires. Yeah. And yeah. that the average person like me who thinks, oh, well, the bushfires aren't going to affect me me because there's no bush here to burn you forget that the smoke is mm. quote-unquote like secondhand cigarette smoke which could just you know linger over the like if i were living in canberra the fires aren't there but you're inhaling probably the equivalent of a pack or two a day yeah, if you just yeah, go outside enormous amounts of particulate matter, yeah so. yeah that's crazy so um do you want to switch gears onto climate change yeah and talk about um i guess from when you were younger was climate change a worry? Was it associated with the bushfire season? Was, was there no. anything going around where you were worried about that exacerbating no. things no. at the time? No, really. Um, from my memory, the first times that we started, and I used to be a high school science teacher, so the first time we started to think and talk about human-induced climate change uh, was in the late 1970s, early 1980s. Uh, so when I was a child in the 60s, uh, we didn't think about climate change. Uh, we didn't even think about looking at data to see if there was any climate change. Uh, you just expected that there would be differences annually, and those differences were you know, plus or minus the norm, which is what climate is. It's just the averaging of weather. And so we didn't really think about that. But now um, we're obviously highly concerned about these things, and the Climate change doesn't cause bushfire. What it does in is any that individual in any bushfires. individual bushfire. Yeah, because climate change is averaging. and That's like uh, saying, though, that argument, too, where people say, well, climate change isn't responsible for this bushfire. That's kind of like, well, any single cigarette isn't responsible isn't for, for your the lung cancer. cancer. Yeah, well, just, yeah, exactly. Or at least the one that is, you can't identify because yeah. it happened 20 years ago. Uh, but when we start to talk about where we've got bushfire seasons over the last few years have been starting in early to mid-spring, uh, where we have drought that is just much more significant than has been has been occurring in Australia, uh, where we have you know, areas in the country where it hasn't rained for months, where you would have expected significant amounts of rainfall, um, and that means that you just get hotter and drier summers, and that means any bushfire that occurs is going to be larger and more dramatic. Yeah, well, that's crazy. So, when did you start noticing that, um, or at least when did the public sort of, when did it reach the zeitgeist, I guess, of, um, you know, people realising that climate change is actually going to have a significant effect on even Australians? 
whether or not you know sea level change and all that sort of well, stuff level, affect us, but bushfires yeah. now where yeah. it's, where sea it's level linked. rising was the first one that that people talked about and there are yes there are places in australia that will be affected by rising sea levels directly yeah. Um, obviously, there are far more of our Pacific neighbours that will be directly affected. There are countries where the highest point on these islands is tens of metres. Yeah. And so significant parts of their country is just going to disappear if the sea level rises a metre. Um, and evidence of sea level rising... Um, is always going to be debated by people because, again, it's an averaging thing. But um, we're already seeing <coughs> it in places like Bangladesh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where entire... And it's one of those things where it's inch by inch and entire areas of farmland, even though you can still walk there, because the sea the sea level's risen, it's um, increased the salinity of it's these places salinity, and they can't grow it's, food and it's unstable. They can't build houses. Right. And, and the annual flooding... Uh, which occurs from flooding rivers, mm -hmm. lasts longer because the water's got nowhere to go. And it know? gets exacerbated <laughs> by yeah. natural events like hurricanes and everything too, which raise the yeah, sea level. Yeah. Um, and look, there have been things um, where we've been watching uh, glaciation disappearing. You know, glaciers in New Zealand, Canada... Um, Especially now that Europe, they're, they're red and brown Greenland. from the smoke. From uh, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, those glaciers are, are disappearing yeah, in my lifetime significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, places in New Zealand that I went to in the 1970s where you could walk from the in a couple of the glaciers on the South Island, you could walk from the, the little tourist office you know, where you bought your ticket to go and visit the glacier, um, and it was you know, a few hundred metres walk. Now you've got to get in a bus and travel kilometres to get to them. And so those glaciers have, have retracted you know, quite significantly. And the same thing in Canada and the same thing in Greenland, Antarctica. Um, so we are definitely losing ice, and losing ice is a pretty good indicator that the temperature is rising. Um now we're getting to the point in Australia, in uh, Western North America, in Canada and the United States where the bushfire seasons are just getting longer. We've had California, they were having, they were having huge bushfires mm. months after summer, uh, uh, September, October. Um, where Again, they, because of that drying out. The drying out and the, the winter was just dry, uh, didn't rain. And so um, if you didn't get bushfires in the summer it meant that all of that material was just there to keep burning when you did get fire uh yeah we've got i've got a second cousin who lives in california she was evacuated from her house in october that's <laughs> that's unheard of <laughs> yeah true because for them that's winter right? yeah or at least it's going coming into it's going winter. into winter yeah. yeah yeah so um so those sort of things are yeah yes they're all anecdotal and those individual anecdotal stories can always be argued about them not being evidence but uh, they are anecdotally, you know, they're anecdotal evidence to suggest that something is happening when you when you start to pile a whole lot of them together. And that's not scientific evidence, but when you combine it with the scientific evidence that can say, yes, this is a problem, uh, then it is. So Yeah, well, it's pretty crazy. I've got some figures here up on, like, the, the screen where you can see um, all of the major bushfires and how many houses and deaths there have been. And, you know, uh, since records began in 1918, it really has ramped up where every single year now, it seems like we're losing, you know, potentially hundreds of houses and quite often quite a few people. So, do you think too that climate change is obviously going to come to the forefront for the, the population of Australia where previously it may not have been an issue, but now so many people are going to be affected, mm -hmm. going to have been affected by these bushfires that it's going to become yeah, unavoidable? Yeah, and uh, look, those those figures at face value um, 
look like a problem, but the counter argument to those is always, well, the population is increasing. So yeah. there are more buildings and more people and so on and more likely to be affected, which is all true. Uh, but they are indicative that we do have a problem. <laughs> so- but, that, but that's also not necessarily an argument because because the population's increasing and we're living in more areas that mm. are already susceptible to that's bushfires, right. that's yeah. still a problem, it right? Is. Even if the bushfires I mean. remain the same. It's still indicative, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, yeah, we can't, even if, it, yeah, you're right, even if nothing was actually changing with our climate and the bushfire regime, the fact that we now have more people living in, in areas that are likely to be affected means that it is a bigger problem. And when you then combine that with the other part of the story, which is that, there are differences in what's going on. The bushfires are worse. They're happening earlier. They are more likely to happen at an increasing rate um, over the next few decades unless we do something. Well, and going on from there, I was I saw this on Reddit. G'day, mate. That was the first half of this episode of The Goss. If you would like to continue watching or continue listening to this episode, make sure that you sign up for the premium podcast or academy memberships at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get full access to these entire episodes of this series and much, much more. You can go check that out using the links below or just go to aussieenglish.com.au. Once again, thank you so much for joining me, mate, and I will see you next time. Peace.